Hey, welcome back to the Ottawa studios of Inside My Canoe Head on this beautiful Monday morning. All right, today we're going to talk about financial health and why it is so critical to your family's preparedness plan. So sit back, grab yourself a beverage. We're talking money. All right. Thanks again for dropping by. Listen, uh, I want to appreciate, uh, give a shout out to all those who are signing up to our online newsletters at insidemycanoehead.ca and preparednesslabs.ca, depending whether you're looking at the individual side or you're interested in the policy orientation side. Uh, we try to put those out once a week with some great information. We have some more stuff coming out on the social media side, but as like I say always, this is a busy time in preparedness. A um, few things happening around the world. A few alien um, invaders coming potentially, but we left that out this week. Uh, way too much temptation to do an episode on aliens, uh, but I thought it'd be more important to sit down and take a little bit of time today to talk about financial health. Right, I am not a financial expert. Uh, there are Brenda Costa. There's so many other people available who have all of the post nominals related to financial health, uh, financial investing, etc. What this is, it's a call to action to realize that making a commitment to your financial health is just as important as making a commitment to your physical and your mental health. If you want to live and adopt a prepared life, if you want to be able to navigate when the shizzy hits the fizzy, you need to be rock solid left, right, top, bottom, and in all manner and respects, have your financial health sorted out. You can't respond to a disaster when you have difficulty paying your bills. It's just plain and simple. It's unapologetically, uncomfortably important to talk about. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about your money. We're going to talk about the very simplistic idea of what you need to do in an exercise and to understand that this journey is years. Mine started in 2012 and it finishes in 2026. That's just to give you an idea of this is not an overnight thing. This is not something that just magically you conjure it up, you suck it up for a year and a half, and you come out the other end magical. Um, yeah, rice and beans get old really quick. And living um, with you, your your spouse, and your four kids in a bachelor apartment in a questionable part of town to save some money generally does not come out positive on the other end. So realism helps. It's a long journey. But it's not a journey unless you start. So grab yourself a piece of paper, your whiteboard, your thinking cap, your favorite beverage, whatever it may be, we're talking money. So if you look at it generally, like there are four periods of life, right? There's zero to 20. We're all just figuring out this thing called life. That's great. Whatever. You get a part-time job. You flip burgers. You learn about work, etc. 20 to 40 and 40 to 60 are your earning years, right? They start to grow. It gets exponentially larger as you become more and more specialized and well-known in your field, whatever that may be, as you get. And then there's that fourth block I like to refer to it between age 60 and 80, where hopefully if things work out and you've done your planning, you can just enjoy and do whatever you want to do but you need to fund that last period. It's not the government's responsibility to pay your bills for you in retirement. That's yours. 
So it's your responsibility now to set up your financial world so that when you hit that retirement age, whatever that is for you, 60, 55, 52, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. It's that when you hit that retirement age, you have made the proper financial choices. You have made the financial investments and you're ready to enjoy whatever you determined to be the most appropriate and enjoyable retirement, right? You see the you in there? It's all about personal responsibility. Now, none of this excludes the risk transfer programs that are available depending on where you live. I live in Canada. We have employment insurance that exists. It's a great program to help you in those disturbed little periods when you get fired. Um, There's short-term disability insurance that is incredibly important for people to have. There's long-term disability insurance in case you get hurt at work or outside work and can't continue to work. And then you have your normal risk transfers that are available, which is your general uh, and house insurance, car insurance. Like We have all of these programs to mitigate the risk of financial harm. Nothing of what I'm saying today says you shouldn't do any of that. In fact, you should probably do all of that. The point being is, is that on top of that, when bad things happen, it's your job to be ready for it. So you got to remember the key and why this is going to be successful for you is that you design this for you. This is not a cookie cutter, downloadable PDF, fill the blank kind of program, right? Your retirement will look the way you want it to if you want it to look the way you want it to. I know that sounds like word salad, but the point is, is that it's up to you to determine what you want your retirement to look like and what you want your current life to look like. And then it requires you to sit down and figure out where you are and then identify that gap and then come up with a series of ideas that will help you transit that gap between where you are and where you want to be. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Put it together in three steps for you, basically, and a fourth at the end. I like always that bonus one people throw in. The first one is about that drawing that life that you want, right? It's really, it's really, really simple. Sit down, get a whiteboard, and draw the life you want to live. If you want to live a millionaire, there's absolutely nothing stop everybody listening in the, to this podcast that's in a free and fair society that believes in reasonable capitalistic exchange of contracts and ideas and goods and services. There's nothing stopping you from being a millionaire. Now, it's a good question, and you'll have to look in the mirror whether you're willing to do the work required to become a millionaire, but there's nothing stopping you from being a millionaire. But again, making a plan that I want to be a millionaire and live in Rodeo Drive is cool, but you got to be willing to do the work. So sit back and realistically think based upon how you want to live your life, what matters? And you look at it in three different areas. And this is what works for me. And I've read the research on this. Where do you want to live? Location matters. Geography matters. We've talked about that and many different things related to preparedness. Where do you want to live in general? Now, you may have your home picked out and drive by it every day, or you just may a general idea. Where do I want to live? The second part is, what do I want to do for a living? Every human being has a psychological requirement to conduct some activity that either 
gives to society or gives them an ability to exercise a skill set. So basically you have to have, from a psychological point of view, something to do. You know, why do I swing my legs out of bed in the morning? If you're going to work, we have to work to earn an income. How you do it, there's a bazillion different ways to do that. The point is, where do I want to live? What do I want to be doing with my employment time? And then most importantly, and I mean it most importantly, what does my leisure time look like? And when I mean leisure time is what do I want to be doing for activities, for vacations, spending time with the family, the people that I love, making memories? What does that picture look like? And if you have to be able to envision it, it needs to be clear. I like to write mine periodically down in a statement, an expression of vision of I will live in wherever that may be, doing whatever it is that's passionate. For me, I will live in Ottawa. I will create a create and run a preparedness education and research company with a social media brand that will help people along their preparedness journey, that will set up conditions so people in general become more and more capable of becoming more self-reliant and dealing with life's shizzy hits the fizzy on their own, something along that lines. And I will sail, I will golf, I will paddle, you know, and I will spend time with my children and uh, God willing, my grandchildren, if I ever get some of those. The point being is, is that if you have a clear vision, a reasonably clear statement of where you would like to be. What does your comfortable reality look like? It works because you create it. It's it's not somebody saying you need to have $1.7 million to retire, which is what came out of a recent set of reports out of uh, the federal government and some news sources I, I that just drives me nuts because when you drop $1.7 million in investment portfolio as the key to a great retirement in front of people, what happens? I mean, 99.7% of Canadians probably don't have an investment portfolio of $1.7 million. And now you just create the sediment that a retirement, a comfortable retirement is impossible, which is idiotic and ridiculous, which is why these kind of reports are just dumb plain dumb, but hey, it gets you headlines and reports in business. So pat themselves on the back and congratulations. The point is, is that you need to know what you want to do. Now, here's the reality. The second part is always the most difficult is you got to look that incredible person in the mirror and you got to be honest. Like this is a an honest look at a couple of important equations. You have to write down your assets versus your liabilities. An asset, and we're not rich dad, poor dad. We're looking at the accounting side of it. So an asset is something that holds value. So that could be a stock portfolio. It could be your house if you own it. Um, anything that depreciates is not an asset unless it's significant value. So really it's not your car, right? Unless you've got a classic car, right? Unless you've got a car that holds great value. Don't go ridiculous going, Hey, listen, I've got this old family heirloom that's worth 1500 bucks or stuff. It's just 
look at your assets and then look at the liabilities. Liabilities is money that you owe. So any loans that you have out there on those assets. The difference between them is called your net worth. Um, expenses versus income. It's like a podcast episode I did before. Uh, are you running out of month before you run out of money? Or are you running out of money before you run out of month? Right? You got to be honest with that. Right? This is no good or bad answer, right? Nobody's sitting over your shoulder patting you on the back and saying, well done. This is you having an honest, no poop look at your own freaking resources and where you are, right? This is not about having a pity party. This is not about blaming yourself for making a whole bunch of shit poor, dumb decisions. This is about the reality of here I am. I, whatever I got, I don't care how I got here. Here I am. And then the last one is to look at the relationship between your debt and your investment. So how much unsecured credit and secured credit are you holding? So that's your credit cards, your lines of credit, mortgage, that kind of thing. Um, and then look at whatever investments you have. Do you have a TFSA, an RRSP, and in the US, a Roth IRA? Whatever it may be, this is an honest time to understand where you are. And it's always good from a financial health perspective and financial analysts and professionals in the field will tell you the same thing. Like you can't make a plan to get where you want to be unless you first A, identify where you want to be and be fairly clear with it. And then two, accept the reality of exactly where you are, right? It's really that simple. And and so far today, I've cost you zero money, probably a whole poop ton of stress. But the reality is you got to do this exercise, right? Because and imagine in a preparedness scenario, you get fired, right? Or all of a sudden your boss comes along and saying, the company is having significant difficulties. I'm going to have to cut wages by 20% or I'm going to have to lay people off. And then you're faced with the problem of, Okay, I'm going to have to take a 20% pay cut. Otherwise, I have no job, right? Are you ready for that? Like, would that spiral your budget and your family plan into absurdity and and pain and discomfort, etc.? Like, your proper financial footing is a foundational principle in preparedness because what it does is it mitigates the ability for exogenous shocks financially related, getting fired, uh, your furnace exploding for $7,500, whatever it may be, it's your ability to deal with that, navigate it, risk mitigate it, and get through the other side, navigating the chaos of a financial disruption that is a key element of preparedness, right? This is preparedness. It's not just about your freaking water and freeze-dried food supplies and your bank stick and your little things that go in it. It's about your financial health. So now that you know where you want to be, now you know where you are, now you've got a gap. So map the gap. What's the difference between where you want to be and where you are now, right? Because this is your action plan. So there are going, and and, and you got to think about it and come up with a couple of different ideas about how to bridge that gap, right? I told you I did this assessment in 2012. My gap plan, I came up with several. One was three years of pain, and I mean pain. Rice and beans kind of shit. 
the middle one was about seven pain, seven years of average pain. Uh, and then the 14 year plan was the one that was stretched out, enabled me to continue le- to live a pretty awesome life, but, but make the necessary steps to bring financial health. And that's what I chose. So I started in, uh, 2012 and I'm going to be done in 2026. I have a 14 year plan to cover that gap. Folks, this is not an overnight trick. It's getting on the train and getting yourself along that road. This is why, um, you know, you can follow whatever financial plan you want, but I took the longer road, more deliberate road, but one that I was confident that I would be successful in and be able to stay married. Because telling your uh, better half that for the next two and a half years, we're going to eat beans and rice, never leave the house. We're going to sell the cars and bike and take the bus is a great way to be single and even more debt. So that doesn't work. So think logically. And when you think about your plans to bridge that gap, I always frame it in the principle of simplification. If you've been around for a while, On this podcast, I talk about simplification in the first two years a lot. Simplification is is the idea of every problem set that we face, in fact, is simple at its core elements. But if you look at all of the possibility, stakeholder engagement and inputs, you can turn it into an incredibly complex problem. But that's not necessary, right? Simplicity means you have to increase your income and increase the sources of your income or you have to reduce expenses. Really not different between those two, to be frank. More money, less expenses, a combination of that, pretty simple. It's your life. It's laying out in front of you. You've got the honest truth. Which one of those or both are you going to employ to bridge that gap. And then when you look at the retirement, this is the key to retirement, right? So age 60 to 80, how much money do you want to have? And think of it in nominal terms. And I mean, from an economic point of view, nominal terms is today's money, right? Don't think about what money will be worth in the future. Who knows what's going to happen over the next 20 years, right? This is a plan. So say you're at, uh, I'm 52. So you don't want to, if you're at 52, or you're at 22, you look at what in today's nominal terms. So how much cash flow, and I'm a cash flow guy, other financial analysts will tell you to look at it from a different perspective. I look at everything from cash flow. How much money do I want deposited in my checking account every month to cover the expenses for what I would like to be able to do, right? I need $6,000 cash flow. I need 4,000. I need 8,000 Canadian. I need, you know, 125,000 bot in Thai. It doesn't matter. You need to be able to express it in a dollar figure, rough order of magnitude. I need $10,000 Canadian per month to live the retirement that I have designed. Okay. $10,000 a month times 12 months, which means I need $120,000 cash a year. I'm building this retirement plan for 20 years. Do the math. I need that much cash in the bank. Okay. Go to an investment calculator saying, if I want, based upon my current investment portfolio, to that investment portfolio, say of $2 million, 
and I know how much time I have because like if I was looking at it, I would have eight years. How much do I have to put in every year at a going interest rate, less inflation to get there? It's a simple math problem. There's all kinds of calculators online. It'll tell you exactly what you have to put away in your investment to have the retirement that you want. This again, this is not meeting what some financial planner has told you. This is meeting what you have determined is the level of financial income you want in your retirement. The reason for this is once you get all that done, you're on that plan. Like I said, I'm on a 14 year journey to financial solvency that I'm looking for. And I'm within three and a half years of the finish line of getting to where I want to be. And I'm 52 and I started this when I was 41. So you just got to get on that journey and carry it on. And the last third part that we're going to talk about, and again, I said in the beginning, this is the most important part, is leisure. Folks, I took the long plan because I love my kids. I want to spend time with my kids. I want to go on vacation with my kids. I want to make memories with them. I want to golf. I want to sail. I want to be able to take my beautiful wife to an awesome, incredible vacation somewhere. Like I do want to live a life while I'm making the smart financial decisions to not only set my retirement up for success, but to put that blanket of preparedness around my financial health so that in the middle of my plan, in year seven of a 10-year plan, when I get punched upside of the head and fired on a Monday morning, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock plan B, pivot to my next line of income, and off I go because I've taken the effort to figure that out. But activities, vacations, memories, you want to fund this not only in your retirement, but you want to fund it along. So never, ever forget to include joy, happiness, and time with the people that matter to you as you go through this, right? It's such an important part because listen, your mental, physical, and financial health are the three grounding foundations of preparedness. Now, the other quadrant is all of your preparedness supplies, which is your animalistic requirements of food, water, shelter, security, safety. Um, all of that is nece necessary to be ready to navigate life's disruptions. But all of that is grounded on your ability to be in command of your physical and mental health and your ability and your decision to have taken control and command of your financial health that enables you to navigate that exogenous shock that comes out of right field, a bunch of UFOs flowing over northern Canada, Lake Huron, a Chinese balloon, a wild comeback win in the Super Bowl, whatever you want to call it, right? Life's going to throw you... I mean, there are people right now, I'm recording this at uh, 8.17 in the morning on 13th of February, and somebody is sitting in an HR office right now getting fired. They had no idea when they got up this morning and poured their coffee and said goodbye to their family and headed off to work with hopes and dreams. They had no idea they were going to get fired, right? That person is already sitting there. If they followed this strategy, the person is sitting there. They're not having a good day, right? Time for a pity party. You got to have a bit of a pity party and be sorry for yourself. But as HR is explaining the benefits that are coming to them on 
their forced retirement, let's call it that, um, they're sitting in the back of the head. They've got the pivot plan. They know what they're moving to next. They know the amount of time it's going to take them to launch. They've got the money set aside to cover their expenses to get from A to B. So they're not worried about being able to pay anything. This is uncomfortable. Nobody likes getting fired. But they are most certainly 100% prepared to get fired. And they're ready to go and launch into plan B. That's the prepared individual. Now think about the individual who is just gleefully sailing through life, you know, probably having a little bit of extra money left over at the end of the month, but was just hanging out, man. Life is good. Just doing their thing. They are not having a good day. They've just realized that they have no idea how to pay their rent, their mortgage, their car payments, their bills, their groceries, and everything else because they just got told that their paycheck is over. It's a catastrophic punch upside the head. And these people are in a significant, not only financial, but mental health distress because of what just punched them upside the head. Which one of those do you want to be? Because the choice is yours. And when this happens to you, because it happens to everybody, the cap, what happens next is, is you. It's a hundred percent up to you. So take the time to get your financial health in order. It is a key element of your preparedness plan. When you are rock solid, ready to go, and you've got that plan. Heck, I told you I'm on a 14 year plan. You can choose the shorter one, a little bit more disruptive, whatever's more comfortable to you. Take the time. Be honest with yourself, set up, head towards the life that you want to live. Be honest with yourself where you are and reflective. Come up with some realistic, achievable plans to get from A to B, to bridge that gap from where you are to where you want to be. Set up your retirement. Take command and control of your personal responsibility for your finances. Because remember, no matter what program anybody has out there, Nobody's coming to pay your bills for you. That's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to pay your way through life, not societies or the governments. So thanks again for joining us this week on Inside My Canoe Head. Keep the suggestions coming. Sign up for our newsletters. Follow us across all your favorite social media channels. Uh, take care. Enjoy this week. Uh, we'll see. We might do an episode on Thursday or Friday uh, if the UFOs and the aliens land. I think that would be a, a pretty cool uh, interview about preparedness. <laughs> Who had that on their calendar for February 2023? Take care. Stay safe.